my best to share what I feel like the Lord has given me. So if you'd go to John chapter 6, I, I, know, I don't want to call names and leave people out and offend anybody, but I just have to say, Daryl, it is so good to see you. <laughs> Praise God. John six fifty three. I want to read a couple of different verses throughout this chapter. So start with verse 53. Then, then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Skipping down to verse 60. Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Doth this offend you? And then skipping down to verse 66, From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. I want to preach to you this morning for a few minutes on this subject, the danger of disappointment. The danger of disappointment. God, I thank you for your presence that is in this place. Not only simply because we believe it's here, but we have felt it and seen the results of it this morning. And so we thank you. God, I thank you for the way in which you've already ministered during this service. You've already touched hearts and lives. And we thank you for that. But I pray, God, that now through your word, your spirit would continue to minister. I pray that you would speak to hearts and lives in this place today, that you would minister what is needed, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. I trust you and depend upon you today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I don't know, I don't know how quickly they perceived that he wasn't literally talking about drinking his blood and eating his flesh. I'm sure the moment at which they finally realized that, there was a big sigh of relief. But even at that, once it began to settle in what he was communicating, the message he was really trying to send, it it says in verse 60, he said, this is a hard saying, who can hear it and he he said that because he recognized there was a struggle that was going on in them he he recognized that there was some internal battles that they were dealing with and i want you to notice in verse 66 you know jesus had interactions with a with a variety of different groups in a different a number of different settings Anywhere from just a one-on-one setting versus all the way to gathering with multitudes of people and kind of everything in between. And, 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 and the crowd, the multitude was usually made up of primarily curious people. Those people would come because they had heard about Jesus and they had heard what he had done. They came to hear what he said, maybe to come see a cool miracle performed. But, but the level of hunger in them was, was, was very minimal and, and they would come out of curiosity and then they would go back their way to their lives. And that happened many times throughout Jesus' ministry. But, but I want you to notice verse 66. It says that these are disciples. This wasn't the multitude. This wasn't a crowd. This, this was people that had demonstrated some level of commitment and dedication to following Jesus. They, they had reached a place in their, in their walk with Him, if you would, that, that they had reached to be to be labeled as a disciple. And yet it was this group that struggled and many of them decided to not continue to follow. 
I know it's a common word, but just, just for sake of, of, of being on the same page here, the word disappointment means this according to the Oxford Dictionary. It is sadness or displeasure caused by the non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations. Sadness or displeasure caused by the non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations. Can I, can I say it to you this way? The reason I think some of them began to walk away is because they were disappointed. This is not what we got in this for. This is not what we signed up for. This, this is not what we committed to. This is not going the way we expected or we hoped. And so they walked with Him no more. I think there are two primary potential outcomes of disappointment that we do not resolve. There are two things that disappointment can, can turn into if we do not deal with it the proper way. And one of those things is despair. And the other one is bitterness. If we don't learn to handle our disappointments, we will at the very least live a life of despair. And if we're not careful, we actually will become very bitter. Because we expected one thing and God did or allowed another thing. We expected it to go this way, we planned it this way, and God allowed it to go a different way. I, I don't know about you, but I will acknowledge quickly I have been disappointed many, many, many times in my walk with God, in my ministry, in, in the way God has allowed things to unfold in my life because it was not my plan. I don't know about you, but I think if God would just sit down and listen to me for a few minutes... I really think I could help him out. I know at least I could help him out with regards to my life. A few other things as well. and You know what? He does sit down and listen to me, but not for my advice. Not for my counsel. Not for me to tell him what to do. Because his ways are not my ways. And his thoughts are not my thoughts. They are much higher than mine. In fact, they are superior to mine. I don't always understand them, at least initially. I can't always figure them out. But I must trust that his ways are better than my ways. I know Jesus loves everyone, but we see throughout His time on this earth there was some relationships that had developed with certain people that there was a bit more of a closeness, if you will, to those people than to other peoples and other people. And some of those were, it was the family of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. In John 11 and verse 21 it says this, or actually before I read that verse, Lazarus had become sick. And they sent message, they sent a word to Jesus. They, they sent a message to Jesus, Lazarus, and, 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 uh, and it says it this way, Lazarus who you love. <laughs> they, they were trying to, they were, they were trying to play the relationship card, if you will. Now listen, we're, we're, we're not just the average people. Lazarus is not just the average guy, Jesus. This is the guy you loved. This is the guy you had a bit of a special connection with. That guy is sick. And I am certain the expectation was at that moment he was going to drop everything he was doing and head to them. In fact, we, we know, and I will read this, this is the verse I'm about to read, I will read it in just a moment, but, but it is clear that they expected Jesus to come and heal Lazarus. It, it wasn't just a hope, they weren't just wishing, they believed, they had confidence, if we can get Jesus to come, Lazarus will be okay. 
Anybody ever been in a place before where you felt like, if I can just get Jesus to show up, everything will be alright. If, if I can get, just get Jesus to manifest His presence, everything will be fine. That was their expectation and they send word to Jesus. Lazarus, the guy that you love is sick. Scripture tells us in the beginning of John 11 that rather than dropping everything he was doing, Jesus purposefully delayed. He delayed for several days, in fact, before he actually made his way to this family in their time of need. And so listen to what they said. Martha first in verse 21, Martha says unto Jesus when he, when he finally shows up, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. A few verses later, Mary says the identical words when she finds Jesus. She comes where Jesus was and saw him. She fell down at his feet saying unto him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Notice the confidence with which they spoke. They didn't say, Lord, if you would have been here, there's a good chance you would have healed my brother. Lord, if you would have come when we asked you to, we, we, we think you might have done a miracle. They said, if you would have been here, he would not have died. And their expectations now were such that they almost talked themselves out of a miracle. Because in their minds, in their minds, this is how it should have gone. This is, this is what should have happened, but you didn't come. You didn't, you didn't show up when and the way in which we expected you to. And so now we are dealing with these certain circumstances and situations. I, I don't know about you, but I can also say that I probably should just say 100%, but I'm going to leave a slight room for 99.9% of the time. God's way does not match up to my way. I've had some times in my life where I know God has given me a word, where I know God has spoken to me, and, and, and I immediately began to play out in my mind. Well, this is how He's going to do it, and this is the way it's going to work, and and, 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 and a lot of times there have been some things that have made it look like it was perfect sense. And I don't know why I keep trying, but I do. I keep trying to figure it out. I, I keep trying to assume that I, I've got God's way figured out and it rarely ever works. And, but I can testify today when I look back over my life and I think things over, I can truly say that I've been blessed because while I was in it, I may not have understood it. While I was in it, I may not have liked what I was going through. But when I look back, I can then testify His ways are higher than my ways and His ways are better than my ways. Lord, if, Lord, if you would have, Matthew chapter 11, we find some more about John the Baptist before I read these verses. I, I want to remind you John's introduction to Jesus. John's first encounter with Jesus, he, he stands there and he tells a crowd of people, Behold, behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. At, at the moment, I want, you to, I want you to think about this for a second. At the moment at which John made that declaration, nobody knew who Jesus was. At the moment John stood there and told that crowd that day, this is the one that we are looking for. This is the one that I've come to prepare the way for. Jesus had not performed one miracle yet. 
He had not spoken to a multitude and shared His words of revelation that they walked away wild by. None of that had happened. And yet John, without any of that, says, this is the one. He didn't notice, he didn't say, uh, hey, hey, look back there, I think. He didn't say, hey guys, I'm pretty sure that guy back there is the one we're looking for. That was not what he said. He said, this is the one. But watch this, watch this, Matthew 11 and verse 2. Now when the John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples. This, this next verse, or this, these two verses remind me of what I used to do when I was a kid or a teenager. I hate to admit a teenager, but it probably was. Get one of my friends, hey man, do me a favor. Can you... Do not tell her I'm asking. That never works. Would you go go find out from her if she really likes me? Or or you know, a little do me a favor. Do not tell her I'm asking. Would you find out if she still likes me? I kind of I kind of think of that every time I read these verses. John says to to, to some of his disciples. Go ask Jesus this question. Are you he that should come? Or do we look for another? Wait a minute. Wait wait a minute, John. You said. You said. You declared, behold, the Lamb of God. Which take it away. When nobody else knew it yet. When nobody else realized it. You were the one that stood and declared it. And now you have turned that into a question. I told you this really wasn't what I wanted to preach. I'd love y'all shouting off the walls this morning. Hanging from the bars and the speakers that have got to come down. Let's just go ahead and take them down today. Hang from them. Are you? Are you? What what was it that happened from behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world to the question John is now asking? What changed? What happened? Disappointment. Because I guarantee you what John expected Standing and declaring he was the Lamb of God is not what had happened now that he's sitting in prison. I think John, obviously John knew, he understood that he wasn't the one. He knew he was simply to prepare the way for the one. So so I think John was good with the fact that he was not the man. But I also think John had some expectations on what would happen once the man showed up. I think John expected at least to be the opening act. I think John at least expected to get the lead pre-service prayer. I'm not the preacher, but I'm going to be the one to help get the atmosphere right for the when the man comes. That wasn't John's expectation that I will do my job and then I'm going to get set on the side in prison. Notice what Jesus responds and sends word back to John. He says, go tell John this. Go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them and blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Notice that again when John first says behold the Lamb of God there there had been no miracles. The lame had not walked, the, the deaf had not heard, the The poor had not had the gospel preached. There was no evidence 
that he was the one. And now there's actually evidence, but John is questioning. He had no evidence, but he believed. And now he's got evidence, but he's wondering, are you the one? Could it be that his disappointment had blinded him to the evidence that was there? That even though this has not unfolded the way I expected, or even though this is not, I am not in the position I expected to be in once Jesus showed up, he just couldn't see the fact that there is evidence to prove that he really is the one. John 20, but Thomas, verse 24, but Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. Everybody know what Thomas's nickname is? Doubting Thomas. Doubting Thomas. I, I personally feel like Thomas has gotten a very bad rap. If you believe otherwise, that's your prerogative. But I, I really think Thomas's nickname is really unfair. Because if you really look at Thomas before, the, the most notable part that he always gets talked about for, and the statement that's always attributed, connected to Thomas, blessed are those who haven't seen but they believe. You know how much voice inflection can completely change the meaning of something? I am, uh, m- those of you that know me know I'm a, I'm a pretty quiet person and therefore I love text messages. I know people that hate text messages, email, I love them. I'm more than happy to text you and email you than have to talk to you. But you know what the problem is, and I know some of you have heard me use this in the past, but the problem is when, when you read, as the reader, you determine the tone, you determine the inflection of the person that's written the message. And without fail, our default, human nature default, is negative. I, I lived this several years ago firsthand. I was at the church working and, and my wife texted me and she said, can you, can you swing by the store and pick a milk or something? I don't remember what it was. Can you stop by the store on the way home and get that? And I replied and said, sure. And I got the fastest response from her. This was before the little dots to know it's even being. They, the dots wouldn't even have showed up if they were there then. The response I got back was something like, never mind, I'll do it myself. I was like, what? Because she read, sure, if I have to. I was trying to say, sure, no problem. I'm. Thank God for emojis. Now we can say, sure, with a smile. <laughs> so I think that's part of the reason why Thomas has gotten the the, the reputation he has because we read some of the words with a negative inflection. But if you go back to the same chapter I already read to you about Lazarus, you'll find in there where Thomas says, because they thought they were going where Lazarus was to die. And then though in that chapter, Thomas says, let's go. At that moment, Thomas was willing to go and die. So I think that the problem with Thomas wasn't that he was a doubter. I think the the problem with Thomas was he had been disappointed too much. And so the other disciples say unto him, We have seen the Lord, but he said unto them, Except I see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, I, I, again, I, I, I don't think it was. A, I don't think there was a, a rebellious, stubborn. I think Thomas was saying, I, "I've believed before. I've had faith before, and it just didn't go the way I expected. I, I, I got excited before." 
I got my hopes up before, and it just, and so I, I just, I'm just being honest, I can't get my hopes up again. And so I appreciate what you guys are saying. I'm thankful for what you experienced, but I need it for myself. I, I've got to see it. I can't, I can't, I can't be disappointed again. I can't believe again and it not happen. I, I can't do that. And so he says, I, I've got to see it for myself. After eight days, again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, I, I don't think this was the scene. I don't think this was the way it went. I don't think Jesus walked up to Thomas and said, There. You happy now? I don't know. No, I don't know if any of you. I'm no, I don't know if any of you have done it. So please, if you have, I'm not shooting at you. But but I don't know why people post pictures of 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 their wounds and their what. I don't know why. I don't. I don't think that's the way Jesus approached Thomas. Fine, if you got to have it, there it is. I don't think that was it. I think he walked up to him. And approached him with compassion. And I think he said, Thomas, there it is. I know you need it, Thomas, so here. I know you need some evidence, so here it is. I know you need to see that I really am he. And, 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 and so, you know what, you, you believe but you've seen. I don't think he was saying, you know what, you're no good, but blessed is everybody else that doesn't believe, or believes even when they don't see. I think he was just trying to help us. Here it is, Thomas. You, you now believe because you have seen. And he responds and he says, My Lord and my God. <laughs> it really is him. He really is the one. This, this. This really is the guy that I believed in and it hadn't gone the way I expected but I can believe again. I can trust again and and I also can build off of this because I know there's going to be even more times in my future where I go through things that I am disappointed but I'm not going to let that cause me to become hopeless and I'm not going to let that cause me to become bitter at God. I am going to trust that all things work Work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. Paul said it this way, Tribulation worketh patience. Patience, experience. Experience, hope. And hope maketh not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. I have a question. Is there anybody that you're going through something right now in your life that is the most difficult, the most challenging thing you've ever been through? Anybody? A couple of you. How about this? Has anybody ever been through something in the recent past that is one of the most difficult, one of the most challenging things you've ever been through? Let me go back to those of you that raised your hand on the first question. Those of you that right now, the most, it's the most difficult thing you've ever had to deal with. Would you, would you put your hands up one more time? I, I got a question for you. Do you remember the last thing you went through that was the biggest thing you'd ever been through? Because if you think for a moment, the last thing you went through was the biggest thing you'd ever been through. So what, why don't you go back to that last thing? Because if you think for a moment, you'd go back to the last thing and the thoughts you're having right now are the same thoughts you had then. 
Because at the last biggest thing, you didn't know how it was going to turn around. You didn't know how God was going to work it out. And yet God worked that thing out. So now you're in the newest biggest thing. You've got some experience to go back to. To say, I don't know how God's going to work this out. But I didn't know how God was going to work that out. I don't know how God's going to fix this. But I didn't know how God was going to fix that. But God did fix that. God did work that out. So I believe God's going to do the same thing with this because I've got some experience. Hallelujah. It's kind of crazy to me. You go to college, you get your bachelor's degree and you try to enter the workforce, but everybody that wants to hire you wants 10 years of experience. How do you get experience if you don't have a job? But you can't get a job because you don't have experience. And so God is so kind and loving to give us experience. As, as my dad would say, sarcasm alert. <laughs> but he does because we go from faith to faith. Part of the benefit of longevity to your relationship with God is accumulating more and more experience to go back to and say, I, I now understand what it's like to deal with my disappointment. I, I know what it's like now to call God and He doesn't show up when I call Him. But I also know what it's like now to realize that His ways are not my ways and His timing is not my timing. But He's an on-time God. Yes, He is. Luke 22. Jesus is Mount of Olives with the disciples and Judas comes to take Jesus away and Peter pulls out one of their swords. And he's ready to fight. He is ready to... He, he told Jesus just a few hours before, I'll, I'll fight to the death. I'll, I'll lay my life down for this. And now the moment has come and he is in the process. He's about to prove I meant what I said. Takes a swipe with that sword and catches one of the ears of the enemy and he wasn't trying to get the guy's ear just in case you didn't know that. He was going for the neck. And that guy ducked and got the glancing blow and lost his ear. And then you talk about insult. The one he's fighting for, the one he's ready to defend, reaches down and picks up the ear and puts it back on. I mean, I don't think they talked like this then, but I'm sure Peter would have said if it was 2020, what's up with that? I'm doing this for you, and now you're giving the guy a miracle? Come on. Jesus said, put away the sword. Watch what happens. In that moment, he's ready to fight till the death. But it's only a few moments later that we find him denying. I don't even know. I don't know him. Luke 22 and 54 says this. They took him and led him, being Jesus, and brought him into the high priest's house. And, and notice what it says about Peter. Peter followed afar off. A few moments before that, he's standing side by side with Jesus at the risk of losing his life. At the risk of losing his own life, he's standing there side by side fighting. But you see, the problem was that all didn't go down the way he expected. That's not the way he was thinking it was going to turn out. And so they take Jesus away and Peter follows from afar. I think Peter followed from afar. My, my, my take on it is simply this. Peter followed from afar because if 
Jesus decided to do some kind of miracle and set himself free, Peter could just slide on up next to him. Yep, see, I I knew it. I was here. I was right there in the middle of it. Or, if it didn't go the way he hoped it would, he could then just kind of slide on back. You see, the difference between the scene where Peter is fighting and this scene now is he followed from afar. Because if I'm not careful, my disappointments can accumulate and produce space between Jesus and me. If I'm not careful, my disappointments can build up and cause me to get more and more distant from Him. And I've got to make sure that even if it doesn't go the way I want, He doesn't do what I want. I don't let anything separate us. Because ultimately, I've got to trust. And I really do know, even sometimes my mind questions it a little bit. I really do know that He's working it all together for my good. Where else? Peter says, where else? Where else are we going to go? I don't think it was that Peter and the other disciples liked what Jesus was saying any more than the ones that left, but they had a hold on something. Hebrews says that... It, in fact, let me just let me read it real quick. Hebrews 6 and verse number 19. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul both sure and steadfast and which entereth in that with entereth that within the veil we we've, we've got a hope that is an anchor we've got a hope that keeps us grounded we've got a hope that keeps us secure i think one of those verses every one of us every believer ought to know is jeremiah 29 and 11 Word of the Lord through the prophet Jeremiah says this, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. I, I, you know, I, I just told you a few moments ago, I think we get in trouble because of our inflection, and that's part of the reason we get in trouble with Thomas, and now I'm going to do the very thing that I just said gets us in trouble but lately every time I think or read this verse I I imagine it kind of this way this is the DSW translation I kind of imagine God going don't tell me I don't know if he'd do that or not but don't tell me what I think about you Because most of the time I think we insult God with what we think He thinks about us. Because more often than not, our thoughts are that God's thoughts are negative about us. And He says, I know what I think about you. And they're good thoughts. And I have an expected end for you. I, 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 a little while ago, I, I looked up that word expected. And, and while there is part of it that has to do with expectancy in your thoughts, I, I found something really interesting about that word expected. Because the initial definition of that word expected means this. A chord. A chord. Brother Owens, would you come come help me for a moment? Would you just come come stand right here? A chord. And so here's the way, here's my take on that. God has, you can stay right there. God has a chord. If I'm yielded, now he's not going to violate my will, but if I'm yielded, God is pulling me to an expected end. 
I, I saw uh, uh, several months ago, I saw, I saw one of those, somebody posted a video and, 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 and it was initially what you saw was the stern of a very large boat, maybe even a ship, but a very large yacht or something. It, it, was a, it wasn't like a, a tanker or something like that, but it was an extremely large boat. And, and they were some of the largest waves that I have ever seen in a, in a picture or in a video. And at first, all you see is the, the, the stern of that boat, and, and it's looking out the back of that boat at all these just crazy waves. But as you begin to look a little closer, you begin to notice that coming off of the back of that boat is a cable. And out in the distance, riding those crazy huge waves, is a little boat. That little boat had a cord. You see, the little boat wasn't designed for that kind of storm. Oh, hallelujah. I'm almost done. I'm quitting. I'm quitting. Help me out. I'm quitting. The little boat wasn't designed for that kind of a situation. But the big boat was. And the little boat had a cord that in spite of the storm, you may not be able to get there yourself, but I am going to pull you to an expected end. I've got a destination that I have determined for you. And you may not think you're going to get there, but if you'll just stay yielded and submitted, I am pulling you to an expected end. Brother Chris, come. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I don't know how it's possible if you're an adult in this room this morning that you at the very least don't have past disappointments. But I would venture to say in a room of this many people, there's got to be at least a couple of people that you are currently dealing with disappointments. And I believe the Lord has laid it on my heart today to challenge you not to let that disappointment the very least turn into despair that produces hopelessness. But even more dangerously to become bitterness that drives you away from Him. I've I've heard numerous people say this now. Either read it or heard it on a video and some even say it in person. As they talk about some of the most difficult things they went through perhaps some sort of abuse, others some sort of sickness, other difficulties that they have been through. And I've heard several people now state, if I could go back and not have to go through that, if I had the choice to go back and not have to go through that, I would not choose that option. That because of now where they have, the point they have come to and what they have seen God has done through that, they say, if I had to go back, I wouldn't. Because that was a part of God's divine plan and purpose. You see, I, 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 I know y'all got to clean up and get out. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm trying to quit. It's one thing. Most of us, most of us, we can kind of work through fairly well the stuff that we have no control over. We kind of, you know, okay, yeah, God's got that and it's going to. But I tell you where most of us have our struggle is the stuff that we were the cause of. The stuff that really we have to take responsibility and even blame for. Anybody ever used GPS phone or in your car, navigation's on screen? Anybody anybody ever used it? Okay. Anybody that's ever used it in your attempt to follow the directions, especially when you were someplace completely unknown, you're trying to follow the directions and you make a wrong turn. What happens? Usually that voice says something along these lines. Recalculating. 
recalculate. Because the GPS had an expected path that you were going to take. And now you have made a wrong turn. And it has to recalculate. Can I tell you today, I don't care who you are, I don't care what you've done, I don't care where you've been. God has never one time looked at you on your journey and said, recalculating. Oh, I know we think he has because we have taken some wrong turns. We have missed some turns. But God has not said recalculating because you know what? Before you miss the turn, He knew you were going to miss the turn. Before you took the wrong road, He knew you were going to take the wrong road. And so in His mind, from the beginning, that's a part of your path. Anybody ever said something after you said it? You're like, oh my God, I cannot believe I said that. Come on, don't be all sanctified on me right now. Anybody ever done something and after you did it, you were like, I can't, I mean, you, you disappointed, you shocked yourself. All of us have and will more than likely. Do you understand? Not one time, not one time, Not one time has God ever looked down after you said something and gone, Oh my God, I can't believe you said that. Not one time has God ever looked down and gone, Oh my goodness, I can't believe you did that. Why? Because He already knew. And He incorporates that into our process. I'm not here to make excuses for you and I and the decisions and the choices we make, but I am telling you, God's a whole lot bigger. Don't let, don't let your disappointment because of your expectations, and we all have them, because of how you thought things would work out and they didn't, don't let that turn into something beyond just simply disappointment trust God this is not what I want this is not the way I wanted it this is not how I imagined or envisioned this but I'm going to trust that you've got a plan and that it all is going to work together for my good And that when it's all done, when what I thought was a disappointment, when you fix it all, when you finish it all, it's all going to be beautiful. Would you stand? I, I, I noticed I noticed something a couple of weeks ago. Some of you probably already completely got this, but I think I always. Even if I read it, even if I was actually reading the verse, I think in my mind subconsciously, this is the way that I inter- that I read it. He has made everything beautiful in, and the, and the next word, this is the word I think I always subconsciously read. He has made everything beautiful in its time. That's actually not what it says. It says that He has made everything beautiful in, in His time. In His time, according to His plan, His purpose, His will. Do you know what? In October, red and yellow and orange and other various colors along those lines on the trees is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. The older I've gotten, the more I've love the fall and the beauty of the fall but you know what the same leaves and the same colors in June are not beautiful you walk outside your house and there's the fall colors on a tree what do you say something's wrong it's dead because it's not his time 
in his time, it's beautiful. In his time, it works. I want to challenge you today to trust that there is a cord that is wrapped around you that is pulling you to God's destination for you. And it is a good end. It is a good outcome. Would you just close your eyes right where you are? Come on, the Spirit of the Lord, I I believe and I can see on some of your faces that the Spirit of the Lord is touching you right now, is ministering. Would you you just open up to Him right now and allow Him to do what He wants to do in and for you? Somebody needs to lay down some disappointments today. Somebody needs to lay some disappointments down at the foot of the cross and say, God, I'm not stating that this is is okay. I'm just acknowledging this is not what I wanted, how I wanted, but I'm going to trust God that you work all things together for my good. In the name of Jesus, maybe if you don't need to respond right now for yourself, would you just kind of look around and would you be sensitive to the Spirit of the Lord? There's there's a few folks at least right now that God is ministering to and wants to even more. Maybe, maybe somebody you would acknowledge today, you are at that point where you've got some disappointments and they have turned into some bitterness. Why don't you release that today? Why don't you let that go today? God, I'm not going to let this drive a wedge between you and I. I'm not going to let my disappointment become bitterness that causes me to follow you from afar. I'm not going to let my disappointment become bitterness that causes me to allow distance to become, to to come between you and me. But I'm going to lay my disappointment down at the foot of the cross. And once again, I'm going to confess and trust, even if I don't see it yet, that everything, everything works out for my good. God, in the midst of the storms that we may be in, in the midst of waves that are overwhelming, God, in the midst of winds that may be contrary to us, let that cord be wrapped around us to pull us to what your expected end is for us. The journey may not go the way I expected, God. The journey may not unfold the way I hope, but I'm going to trust that it's all bringing me to an expected end that you have for me. Since your thoughts are of peace and not of evil, since your thoughts are of peace and not of evil, then that means it's going to be an outcome that's good for me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, have your way, Holy Ghost. Have your way, Holy Ghost. Let hope Let fresh hope replace our despair today. God, anyone in this place today that's got despair in their lives because of the circumstances they've been through or they're in, God, I pray that fresh hope would come today. I pray that fresh hope would be our anchor today that would give us stability in the midst of whatever the storm may be. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. By the power of your Spirit. By the power of your Spirit, Lord. Let your love, let your grace wash away. Let it wash away the disappointment of my life today. Let it wash away the disappointment that would ultimately like to become bitterness 
to drive me away from you, God. In the name of Jesus, 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 by the power of your Spirit, by the power of your Spirit today, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, let the blood, Lord, let the blood that we've sung about in this service work right now. Let it work, God, to replace our disappointment, our despair, and even our bitterness. Let your blood work to provide what we have need of, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus name Hallelujah 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 In the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Hallelujah Hallelujah Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, lead me, Lord, I will follow. Lead me, Lord, I will go. You have called. Pastor Wright, Joel Wright is still ministering. I just want to take this occasion to say sometimes your experience with hopelessness and everything that Pastor David Wright described here is so great that it's difficult to respond on the spot like this. But have hope because he preached to you today the pattern 
to migrate towards intimacy again with God and restored hope. Many are still praying right now, so if you need to leave, you're welcome to leave, but out of respect for those where God is still moving in their life, would you one more time just close your eyes and raise your hands and begin to thank God for the word the seed of God's word that was planted in our spirit today that even if we weren't able to respond as we would have liked to secretly today the seed of God's word is inside of you and may it begin to germinate may the sun shine upon it and it may grow to the place today where you are once again intertwined with God and connected by his cord One more time, let's give the Lord some praise today together. Praise God. God bless you.